and welcome to The Connected Singer with Michael Hill and me, Julie Thompson. We're both singers and vocal coaches who love researching and learning new ways to keep in tip-top shape, vocally and mentally. We know that being a performer is a hugely rewarding but also demanding career for mind, body and soul. And we want to help you find the balance you need to keep going on your musical journey. Each week, we'll be speaking to performers, teachers and expert practitioners in a range of fields. From psychology to sports science to recce, who will share their knowledge and experiences to provide you with a toolkit of ways to keep well, beat performance anxiety, avoid burnout and get the most enjoyment out of the pursuit we all love, singing. Welcome everyone. We're really excited to share today's conversation with you. We really hope you enjoy it. It's with the wonderful Sabina Gutzel, who is involved in massage and integrative manual therapy, which is kind of new territory for the voice, for people involved yeah. in singing and performing. But it's it's really becoming a, a, a very big thing, particularly with people like West End performers who are doing eight shows a week and experience lots of, um, you know, groans and aches and pains in their bodies that that can be relieved or even released by certain approaches that aren't necessarily connected to making sound and yeah. I think it's just it's fascinating what goes on beneath our our skin and, <laughs> and all these things like fascia in our body and how they work and can be released and and I think we're only just starting to scratch the surface with how how that can give us a, a freer more expressive voice so Sabina obviously explains this in far more eloquent and uh, <laughs> and interesting ways than I do but it, it was a real a real eye-opener wasn't it Absolutely. I think this is a must for every singer to listen to. Mm. I mean, we obviously we want you to listen to all of our podcasts. <laughs> but um, I think this really opened up my eyes to what could be causing some of the vocal issues that I've had in the past. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a technical nerd and I love delving into the science. And of course, technique has really helped me and, and pushed me forward in leaps and bounds. Um, with my vocal development, but there's sometimes other issues that are a little bit deeper. And I think Sabina really explains what they could be or what the reasons behind some of the issues that I've had that I've not been able to remedy through technique because we, we all try to practice and and have regular routines that are healthy for the voice. But sometimes there's just days or weeks where things just aren't working. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you mentioned, if you've got a very hectic schedule, then um, you just feel that there are other things that are playing underneath the surface and preventing you from being as free with the voice as you'd like to be. And I think Sabina really, really opens up a new world for singers to really delve into and explore. And I was really inspired by it because I, I also didn't feel it was over technical in her, her language. She, she explains it really well. I'd heard about fascia. I've heard about connective tissue. Or, you know, even been given some exercises to uh, release that and release tension but didn't really understand completely what it was <laughs> but that it can help you you know in some form or another and now I, I really am quite excited to delve into it more. And I, I think considering our experiences from this more as I suppose people would call it now uh, this 
biopsychosocial model, as in, you know, we're stressed and then we're holding our bodies in a certain way because we're stressed. Yeah. And that has an impact, not just on, oh, I'm kind of keeping my ribs sort of collapsed over my body because I'm, I'm holding on to tension. Mm. It also has this, you know, knock-on effect or it can have, you know, in the voice and then vice versa versa it goes both ways in a sense yeah. you know there's this kind of chicken and the egg what is the <laughs> issue what's caused it you know and we we need yeah. I think as singers we're sort of particularly having this invisible instrument yeah where all musicians performers can struggle with things like stress and anxiety performance anxiety things getting in the way of optimal performance but you know we have this instrument that we can't see and it's really frustrating sometimes <laughs> So Absolutely. anything that helps us to get more in touch with that, in, in this case, quite literally, you know, yes. there's a lot that can be done just by gently getting in touch with the moving parts, your larynx, your jaw, Absolutely. Um, your, your ribcage. So I, I think, or I hope everyone gets a, a lot out of this, but it's really it's opened my eyes to something that is growing in importance, I think, looking at the voice from a much more holistic place than yeah. you maybe simply technique. And yeah, I just like the fact that she's talking about sort of freeing the body in different ways and that's freeing up the mm. voice and freeing the breath. And, and these are things that people, you know, especially for singers can use, but even if you're not a singer or just for a healthily, more healthy lifestyle and healthy perspective and daily routine that to prevent you from perhaps falling into low energy mm. situations. Having that freedom also allows you to keep sort of good energy flowing and, and that obviously makes you feel more positive and productive and motivated. And I think these things are all really connected. And I think as singers, you know, again, we have to have a routine every day, but sometimes life can get in the way and it can be really difficult to keep up that routine. And as you say, if we're holding our bodies in a certain way that's not conducive to flow of energy, mm -hmm. then uh, we can get really lethargic. And, and get quite negative. So I think it has, yeah, as you say, sort of psychological positive benefits as well that can then obviously have an effect on a, on a freeing voice. But yeah, fascinating. I think we should delve straight in and, uh, and start chatting to Zabina. And don't forget, once again, we have our Facebook community that we are um, really keen to, to build upon and create so that we have a supportive network of singers that can speak to one another, chat over the things that we've been talking about in the podcasts and, and discuss what their experiences are. Perhaps you have had some experience with what we're talking about today with Sabina and you would like to share those with our community. Perhaps you have have some questions um, that we can then ask Sabina. I know that she'd be very happy to answer any of those questions. So don't forget to connect to our Facebook page, The Connected Singer, and you can reach out to us on Instagram as well, or Twitter, if that's your preference. So please enjoy. The Connected Singer. We will also be posting updates on our upcoming guests, so if you have any questions you would like to ask them, please reach out to us there and we will include your questions during the session and even give you a mention if you so wish. We are so keen to support all you singers out there as we know as much fun as a singer's life is, it can be quite a challenging journey and sometimes a really lonely one. So if you're looking for some extra support or depth on singer's themes, pop over to our Facebook group and say hello. We'd love to meet you and connect you to the people or answers you are looking for. The Connected Singer so today we're delighted to have a guest with us all the way from Vermont, USA. 
a specialist in bodywork that includes massage, integrative manual therapy, and nutrigenomics. As a practitioner of over 20 years of experience, she'll be sharing her extensive knowledge on how we as singers can benefit from the exploration of her fascinating bodywork in supporting our voices to soar freely. <laughs> so let's not waste any time and dive straight into all things bodily and connect straight up with the brilliant and warm-hearted Sabina Gutzel. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I love being here. <laughs> Hi, Sabina. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's a slightly soggy, damp day here, which is nice. It makes me feel all cuddly and snuggly and warm. So a good day to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's starting to get that way here. It was nice and sunny, but, uh, you know, as usual, it gets cloudy <laughs> in the UK. It's, it's good when, when, when the weather makes up its mind. It's like, is it time for the big jackets or not? Tell me. <laughs> yeah. I want to get the scarves out, want to get the gloves, you know, wrap up, hibernate. Yeah, we're yeah, getting... heading there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess the first thing that uh, we're really interested in getting your insights on, you know, your work with massage and integrative manual therapy and its applications for voice work. Because we're seeing, you know, in, in the UK, for example, we're getting, you know, some people doing courses and it's, it's becoming more of a, a, a thing. But it, it feels like relatively new territory for the voice. And, you know, it's kind of a new discovery for us voice people. So how, how can it help? Ah, oh, perfect. It's a brilliant question. Um, so I've been actually fortunate. There's a, a place called the Vermont Jazz Center in the building that I work in. And so I've been fortunate enough to work on some singers. And the our bodies, of course, are all connected. And, and anytime you, you know, in general, if you do something relaxing, the whole system begins to relax. But, you know, really specifically for singers, our throats um, and our diaphragms and your... Um, you know, your whole posture plays into how your voice sounds. Even the way your, the bones in your head are all designed with these very um, beautiful, elegant joints. And you just have so many of those beautiful, elegant joints in your mouth and your head and your skull and your face that when those get out of alignment, that also affects how your voice sounds. So... When I'm working on singers, the first thing I check is diaphragm. Like, how is your diaphragm working? Is it open all the way? And what people don't know about diaphragms is that they can actually get sort of like crinkles in them. So um, the fascia is this elegant system of connective tissue that's unlike anything else in your body. And it's the primary way that I work on people is through their fascia. So I will do techniques to, to unwind tight fascia. Fascia starts underneath your skin and it wraps around your muscles and it wraps through your muscles and it wraps around your organs and it wraps through your organs. So in that way, it's not similar to other things in our body, right? Like a muscle starts here and ends here. But the fascia actually is connected all the way, sort of head to toe, all the way from your skin down to your bones. Um, I like to explain it like if you could magically take everything else out of the body except the fascia, you would have this perfect imprint of every system in your body because wow. it's wrapped around by fascia, right? 
Wow. So um, it's cool, right? So that's the the system I go in through. And that tells me a huge amount of what's happening in the body. And our fascia is brilliant. um, It's a communication system. So it's kind of can go head to toe. They're starting to think it actually may communicate faster than the nervous system, which is curious and interesting. But um, in this case, and in terms of our body work with singers, the most important piece is that the fascia is a protector. So if you get into, if you fall, land on your bum really hard, your fascia just quickly closes up around the vital parts, your nerves, your organs, your blood vessels to protect them in the fall. And then if something does get injured, it holds it close so that everything can heal. And then um, in the perfect world, when those, that, has healed inside yourself, the fascia would open back up again. Um, and we bang our heads and bump all through our lives, right? And so our fascia has all this time to contract and expand and contract and expand. And of course, they're the big injuries that we get. And then there's the small injuries. So what happens through life is that sometimes the fascia can't unwind for any particular reason. And as we get older, little parts of fascia that haven't unwound start sticking to other little parts of fascia that haven't unwound. So you can get these really interesting pulls all the way through your system. That can affect the diaphragm and the throat, which are sort of the big pieces, and even the spine, which are the big pieces that affect a singer. Um, So when I check the diaphragm, I'll make sure that it's actually moving, opening, and closing beautifully with the breath. And usually there's a place or two that's just a little caught, so we'll expand open the diaphragm so that you can actually take these soft, big inhales. And people will, when we do that, people will say that it, it just feels easier to breathe. Like they didn't, it's like a, you know, there's a fan in the background and then it suddenly turns off and you didn't notice the fan. And now you're like, oh my God, there's it's not there. It's like that with anything. <laughs> on that piece. And then I'll also usually work around the lungs themselves because of course all this fascia can hold on and protect the lungs and the rib cage because we're banging and bouncing off of things. You know, like I said, it'll start (laughs) even in childhood, you know? And um, so I'll decompress all that tissue, um, the muscles and um, open up the joints. And this, the integrative manual therapy has all these beautiful techniques to do that for people. And then I'll work my way up into the throat. And the the throat is an astonishingly complex part of our body. Really amazing. I mean, I hope you guys do a little bit of study. I don't know if singers study the, the physics yeah. of their of their body. Yeah, it's just yeah. incredible, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's quite important for our work these days to know what's going on. Sometimes it's not always important for the singer to know exactly unless they want to know because they usually want tools it's a bit like your work you know someone comes to you to for you to work on them and they don't need to know the integral parts but you do (laughs) and it's it's the same for us um uh, but and yeah we we just get nerdy about it anyway don't we michael (laughs) but yeah you're right it's fascinating yeah yeah yeah, and I, I feel like the more you guys study your own um, vocal cords, the more imaging you can have as you're singing. And I, I'm sure you guys, do you use a lot of imaging in your in your yeah. practice? Yeah, yeah, loads. There are people that really um, respond mostly to images. So you'll get people that they need that in order to be able to ha- perhaps create a certain sound. 
sometimes you give sound examples and someone will respond really quickly to that and they'll, they'll be able to make the similar sound, but others, they just need to have visual images. And usually you can start them off with an image and then they'll start creating their own because of course they're individuals. So they will respond even better to that, but we always get them to sort of refer back to that if they want to reproduce that sound when they're practicing. So it's, yeah, it's really important. So yeah, as you say, the more you're aware of it and know what's going on, sometimes that can really help. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Remember, yeah, I remember he, uh, a friend of mine telling me that she had a a spell where she was convinced that you know she had this constant lump in the throat sensation, which is called globus hystericus, which I think is quite funny. Hysterical globus <laughs> in your throat. But um, she, it was really bothering her, and she went to an ENT doctor to get the scope. And then when she saw the visuals that her vocal cords were nice and white and clear and everything looked fine, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of like, oh, okay, just oh, seeing yeah. it was the proof that there was nothing to, to worry about. And that actually makes me think of something I, I was going to ask you. Hopefully I'm not going off on a total tangent. <laughs> but no, no. <laughs> you were always told, you know, there are little receptors in different parts of our vocal tract. But the vocal cords themselves, we can't sort of directly feel or do anything to them. It was always the kind of perceived wisdom. But through the work that you do, do you feel like you can indirectly or or even directly get to them in a sense? Oh, yeah. There's muscle in the vocal folds, there's ligament, there's membrane, there's all sorts of things there. Yeah, absolutely. I do work all the way up and down the throat. And I'll um, before today is over, I'll give you guys some techniques that you can use on your whole body. No. I'm excited already. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it's not direct, of course, because you can't totally get in there, but you have this beautiful, um, you know, uh, wow, my brain just emptied, um, cartilage, you know, in the front of your throat that you can work through and all these muscles on either side and, um, even, I actually think it's really even important to do releases underneath the tongue because the way the tongue goes back to the epiglottis, goes into the, you know, system where that's holding the vocal cords, like the whole thing is connected. So you can, you can really release up and down uh, all around the vocal cords. And that makes a big difference in people's ability to, to be free and singers ability to be free and to make the sounds that they want to make with more ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess also with the larynx, you know, moving, it's got to move freely. And sometimes people are having difficulty getting those high notes, especially if there's muscle tension. Yeah. And also tangent, um, (laughs) key tangent is posture because what happens um, for almost everybody I know myself included is we curl our shoulders forward which puts as this I'm huge strain right on your neck. <laughs> as I'm doing right now. Oops. <laughs> and I suddenly, I've just suddenly changed my <laughs> um, Yeah, and when we do that, it pushes the middle of our neck forward. And then we have to lift our heads up, which pushes the back of our neck sort of back a little bit. And we tend to shear our vertebra right there, kind of mid-neck. Yeah. And that pushes forward on all of this beautiful soft tissue in front of it. So, so... That's one of those causative factors, like beautiful posture is actually really important, not just when you're singing, 
But to maintain that posture is really important for singers to, to, to keep and ensure that open space for your throat so that things don't get tightened down. And another beautiful and important thing to know about the fascia is that it actually thickens up. If we hold our body in a certain position, our body, that um, survival instinct is there. And fascia is like, oh, this is how she wants her body. We need to hold this in this position to survive. So we'll just tighten up all the fascia, make it super thick. And then this person doesn't have to use muscles to hold them in that space. The fascia will thicken up and hold it. So it works like another frame. But unfortunately, of course, we're all using terrible posture for so much of our lives that our fascia is thickening up with this terrible posture. And then it becomes much harder to actually open up and expand. And while I love, I was trained initially in massage therapy, I love massage therapy, that can't really get to it the way either, um, the way fascial unwinding can get into those deep, deep places and allow for that years of, you know, curling forward to open up and release and relax so that you have these beautiful open passages for for life, for singing, for breathing, for eating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I also feel that when you have this feeling of tension, you can recognize it when you have been sitting without the correct posture, you, your mood changes as well. So you, you just feel more lethargic, you feel irritable, and that's also not a state of mind that you want to be in if you're wanting to get on with your daily life or you want to sing or you just get more frustrated, you know. So I think... It, yeah, it helps your mental well-being as well, doesn't it, of course? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're doing, I mean, I try to be careful about vaguely quoting studies because who knows <laughs> who knows where those studies came from, but they are doing some interesting work learning how posture has a chemistry effect on your body, like it directly affects your mood. So yeah. the one I love is that smiling, just making yourself smile actually shifts your mood. Like you can force a shift in your mood. <laughs> and we're all smiling now. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you've mentioned quite a lot of benefits, actually. So we've connected it to to the voice quite nicely. I mean, when you're working with clients, what's the feedback you get from your clients? What are the major benefits that you see in general when you're working with people? What are those moments where people have these aha moments and, oh, wow, perhaps anecdotally or just general? Um, Yeah, let's think. so in general, people tend to find a lot more freedom. I have a lot of people saying that they just feel taller when they, when they leave. Um, anecdotally, some people uh, uh, really tell me that they feel like it boosts their immune system. Because along with the, um, when you unwind the fascia, it also opens up the lymphatic system. And then with integrative manual therapy, we can deepen that opening up of the lymph system. So the whole body starts really draining. Um, but taller, easier. Um, breathing, that's a big one. Breathing often feels much easier, more graceful. It's much easier to have your shoulders back, have your skeletal alignment happening. Um, and then for most people, it's so specific. Like each one of us, it's so very specific about how we feel inside of our bodies. Um, yeah, I would say mostly it's sort of like a referencing to that, 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 fan being on in the background and when the fan's off you suddenly feel so much more at ease because there's something not there as opposed to something yeah 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 yeah. so what do you do you think that it would really help with confidence issues so for singers who are going on stage if they were to have this therapy regularly um in order to help be shown how they could improve 
Do you think that that would also give them confidence and perhaps even help them with issues like performance anxiety? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And in part because So along with the soft tissue and opening up, like, you know, you have all these beautiful muscles underneath your chin and up into your tongue and, and also the joints in your mouth, um, you know, in the roof of your mouth has this joint and you open and expand that if it's compressed. And what happens for singers is that it's easier for them to make sounds. Like they, they don't have to put as much effort into the, this making the sound itself because they're not compensating for compressed tissue or compressed joints. So now it's just more graceful. And yeah. I think most of us feel a lot easier when we're like, yeah, <laughs> I have more confidence because this is just straight up easier. And also yeah. one of the beautiful things of it being a physical issue when they find, you know, cause not everything is physical. Some is, is practice. But when you realize like, oh, I was struggling that hard and it wasn't my effort. It wasn't the work I was putting in. It was actually a structure needed to get released you know, yeah. and that, that also builds the confidence of like, oh, yeah, I'm amazing. I've been doing yeah. all this hard work. <laughs> I just needed a little release, you know, and that was what it things up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because it does get frustrating. I know what it's like as a singer. You, you're doing all the technical things that you should do. You've got all this knowledge. You've Also, some days you're, you've, you sound great and other days you don't. And you're thinking, why is this? You know, there seems to be this extra element that we don't have any awareness of or knowledge of that seems to have quite a lot of power over us. Um, and as you say, it dictates how your day goes. It dictates how you feel on that day. And that could be a day where you've got to go on stage or you've got an audition, or you've got a really important interview or gig or recording session, and you're thinking, what, why? You know, yesterday I was training, I was practicing, and my voice was sounding amazing. Today, it's not. <laughs> um, why is that? I mean, you know, usually when you've got a good technique, then the off days are definitely better than they would be if you had no technique, That that's for sure. But there are some days where you just don't really quite know why why that is, you know, and we do know that obviously there can be some perhaps um, mindfulness or some psychological reasons, if for want of a better word, but, you know, that or emotional issues that could be um, affecting you. But, you know, if you genuinely thought you felt quite confident <laughs> and there's been something that comes and goes and you're not quite sure, if, you know, why it's, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting to find that maybe that this is something that they could also explore. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and, and we also, when we're stressed out, so even if like, let's say the day before you're performing, you're stressed out, what happens is we clench our shoulders. Like if we're not running away from a predator, we tighten up our shoulders. So if you've spent the day before tightening up your shoulders, you've changed all the tissue subtly in your throat. And maybe, you know, the person who's not a singer is not going to notice the difference in their voice, but a singer would. So Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that's really interesting because some of us, we might have a ritual where we say, okay, I don't do any practice the day before because that's going to be my day of rest. And actually, if you do, (laughs) if you do spend a day of actually being in the wrong, uh, wrong posture or worrying about and really focusing on trying not to be worried, then you could be creating this tension, as you say, a day before that, yeah, then actually has a a worse effect. Yeah. And so in that vein, which is, um, I often tell my, give my clients these two little tips just right here is, um, so smiling, 
the one we did before. Can, can, if you're stressed out, just make yourself smile. Um, and that'll <laughs> shift things. And the other is to use wide angle vision. Um, so as predators, this is just like how we're designed. When we focus in on something, it sets our uh, sympathetic system. It just turns it on. So unfortunately, that also includes reading or watching TV or whatever. We have this beautiful full scope of vision, most of us. So when you let your eyes be really soft and really wide and you like put your hands next to your face and you kind of wiggle your fingers and see how far back your vision goes, when you do that, when you do wide angle vision like that, it's another forced switch. So you go from sympathetic to parasympathetic. So that's another trick to make yourself like if you're tensed and you can't think your way out of it and you can't make yourself relax with deep breathing or other techniques, you can do wide angle vision and you can do smiling. Yeah, that just literally make your body start doing different things. Wow. Could you just explain those terms, parasympathetic and sympathetic for our listeners? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Absolutely. So uh, our nervous system has kind of two modes. And of course, there's ranges of those two modes. But the sympathetic is fight or flight. So um, you're either attacking or being attacked. Um, and then parasympathetic is the relaxed, calm place. Now, we should be spending like 99% of our lives in parasympathetic. That's, our, that's how we're designed as predators. Wow. Like, yeah. Um, and, and just this fraction of our life should be focused in on um, sympathetic. But of course, that's just not how we've made life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite the reverse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a really fun game I like to play because it makes my brain hurt so much. Be in there, really focus on your fingertips and then try to get stressed out. Like think about something that would normally super stress you out. <laughs> it's not, it's really hard. Yeah, you can't. If you're going to stay in angle vision, it keeps you in that, in that parasympathetic. Wow. Yeah, love it. Love it. I think that's such an excellent uh, tool because I, th I think this is something... I mean, I've experienced it and I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm not the only one, but you know, some of the things that we know physio physiologically that, that, that work, quote unquote, you know, like slow breathing or extending your exhalations, you know, which tends to slow the heart rate down. You know, people will do that before they go on stage, but some people find that they do it for a bit, they feel slightly calmer. And as soon as they stop, everything speeds up again. So they, you know, they just think, oh, it's never going to go away. Yeah. So having a tool that, you know, as you say, doesn't require that, that exercise, you know, with just making your vision wider, I think that's a really fascinating thing to explore. Yeah. You know, you know it's like you've got more tools in the toolbox in case tool A stops working and, oh, I don't have anything else now. I can't just keep breathing. I'm hyperventilating. What am I going to do? You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah because that's my own like personal whatever. It's uh, breathing exercises to calm me down never work. I just like stop breathing. <laughs> First, start, like like thinking crazy things, and then my breath gets really peculiar. Even though I'm slowly, you know, it's like a choke down slow breathe. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've reached out to find other methods that don't involve <laughs> breathing. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, you were talking, you know, explaining 
fascia really beautifully and it, and it is in the voice world it, it's it's still relatively new territory i think in, in the world in general it's new territory because people didn't realize they had this this material in them you know and, and one of the things I, I was told about not long ago was that in research they've only just really discovered this interst interstitium this whole fluid network, you know, around the body and that it kind of ties up with Eastern ideas of chi and, you know, or meridians. And so quite a lot of the stuff that, and I guess the more we do this podcast as well, Julie, the more we're sort of like, okay, you have to open up the mind further and further and further because, you know, many of the, the things that before might have been considered a bit out there, you know, for want of a better phrase, they line up quite nicely with, with these ideas. And I just wondered, you know, what kind of new things you've you've learned about the body, you know, in, in recent years that, because I guess it must be constantly a process of, of discovery and that's what keeps it interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's a great jumping off point. Stop me if you need to, because I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I found most fascinating is that all of our organs have a rhythm. Um, and so one of the things uh, that I'm really interested in is, so when I touch the body, I can get a feeling for things that are happening all over the body, right? Because that connective tissue is touched into everything and everything is in motion, which means that your whole body rhythm your organs are working in motion. Your bones are actually have a rhythm that they move in. Um, oh, this is one of my favorite things. Our face has a ton of little bitty bones that rock in and out and up and down on each other. And that rocking, of course, goes into our skull at large where there's bigger bones that are opening and closing. And like our front bones are opening and closing. So that rhythm of bones and in our head is what pumps our cerebrospinal fluid through our brain and central nervous system all the way down our spinal cord and then back up. So that has its own rhythm. So there are individual rhythms in here with the bones and then a grander rhythm. And that's true also of the nervous system. There's actually a soft rhythm between your hemispheres of your brain kind of going back and forth. And there's this rhythm of all of your organs. And so each one of us has sort of, we're working with the blueprint that's, that's sort of the same but each one of our bodies and organ systems has its own unique pattern. So there's this gorgeous dance of movement always happening inside our bodies. You know, and that I use that rhythm and that movement and that connection to help balance organs and blood vessels and nerves and all those kinds of things. And I think, and I've been curious, it's opened up my curiosity to does that internal rhythm line some people better up with music, with dance, with rhythm, you know, and, and line other people up with different interests. Like, I think it must. I mean, that's just a curiosity that I'm, that I'm working with these days, you know, because the more I learn about the body, the more I think there is this incredible system that we never even think about or multiple systems that, that line us up to be passionate about certain things and not at all interested in other things. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because we do get, we do tap into uh, vibrations and we do get emotionally affected by certain vibrations. And as you say, we listen to music. Each one of us has different experiences 
you know, listening to one piece of music might not stir up the same emotions in somebody else. It might not even trigger anything. <laughs> and I know that that could be connected to maybe sort of when you're a child and memories and things like that. But sometimes it's just music you listen to that just the vibration or the harmony um, that just really are uplifting for you or you feel really connected to. And yeah, I know that some music really does that to me and other music really just doesn't, you know? <laughs> so it's a really interesting concept that that could also play a big part of it. And uh, would it explain why? Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And next question for me as you're talking is like, <laughs> do those vibrations of that music that you're interested in, do they actually have a balancing healing effect on our bodies? Because our yeah. bodies use pleasure as a way to say, this is what's good for us. I mean, if we're not talking about like cane sugar and things like that, but in, <laughs> in, in, in the non sort of stimulus version of life, pleasure yeah. is what is healthy for us and pain is where we need to adjust. So I'm curious now that you've brought that up, like is yeah. the pleasure of that kind of music a vibration that we need almost to massage an aspect of our beings? Like yeah. maybe, it, maybe it changes the way our heart works. Maybe it maybe our, our liver has a little kink in it and that particular vibration of that particular music opens it up. I'd be curious. Yeah, yeah, it could be that you may have a particular area that really, yeah, resonates to that because it, it, it all responds to it because it, it's calling out for it, if you like. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, that's what I need right now. You know, my liver needs that kind of vibration or whatever. Um, and that's why it's resonating with me at that point. Wow, that's really, that's, I'm loving this. It's <laughs> fascinating. Hey, I, I, I actually read a, a book not so long ago by this uh, researcher in sound kind of vibration healing, a guy called Jonathan Goldman. And he had all these ideas of, and explaining all the physics of it, which gets very complex actually, but you know, why certain vibrations or pitches are healing to certain parts of the, the body. And that seems to also be a, a direction that, that, that research is going in. And I sort of wonder, you know, do you think in, in, in general, people are maybe not moving away from, I suppose, our Western ideas of, of medicine because it's of course hugely important and valuable, but maybe combining things a bit more. You know, one of my, my friends who, who grew up with, with Chinese medicine, for example, she said, you know, you break your leg, go to your doctor. But if you want to check how your liver's doing, go to your alternative practitioner and find out. And there's this kind of synthesis that seems to be, I mean, at least I hear about more and more with people in their practice. I love that. And, and I, I agree. Like, you know, there's invaluable aspects of Western medicine. And like you say, for the fine tuning pieces, for the before you get sick pieces, you know, the Eastern and alternative medicines are, I think, are a little more tuned into to refining your health and well-being. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, then and then to expand that farther, like looking at plants and plant medicine and the way we, um, way our bodies respond to that for health and vitality. You know, I'm always also, the, those are not like, I'm not, um, I'm not, certified in any of those things, but those are areas that I love learning more and more about, um, really diving deep into the understanding of like, this is how we evolved. Of course, this medicine is, has a particular way of working with us. And it's kind of like, 
fascinating because we've sort of separated ourselves so much from, so another realm of my work to just, <laughs> when I was younger, I, I studied tracking and um, wilderness awareness skills with this amazing guy in, in this country. And he's like one of the best trackers in this, um, in the, in the States. Um, and so he taught me a lot about the body and a lot about how we've sort of separated ourselves from the natural world and how about how much we kind of crave that without realizing it. We crave a deeper connection to the planet that we're living on partly. And he was, he loved doing, you know, having some referencing and um, some of the studies they were doing was referencing uh, how our brains work when we're outside as opposed to indoors. And, you know, that our, our brain patterns actually open up and expand and become more active when we're surrounded by nature. And I, I, I believe what I don't really know, but that's when we use plant medicine to, to heal our bodies and to create more of a peak performance as opposed to a sort of middling level, like the high-end nutrients that we can get from different plants and the sort of refining, finessing pieces. I, I'm, I love just exploring more of that because I think it also helps us connect back to this planet that we live on, which is, of course, how we survive in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, um, we, we already know there are certain foods that we eat that are beneficial to our body. So, um, you know, I think it's all, yeah, it's all connected. Like we've, we've kind of gone off track a little bit, I think. Yeah, we've, we've designed food to speed up our life, really, haven't we? The processed food that we eat, been, it was made in order for our life to not focus on food. I think we're getting back to that. And I think perhaps the pandemic has, has made us appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, we tried to create foods that were just fast, well, fast food, um, so that we could get on with other aspects of our life without realizing how important it is to, yeah. uh, to, to take time to eat and um, spend time with people and to enjoy our food and perhaps grow our own potatoes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which uh, I tried tomatoes and uh, they died this year. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving my tomatoes the right nutrients for something <laughs> I'm not doing. But um. There was actually a very interesting article in one of the newspapers I was reading earlier about, um, I think it's a researcher at Berkeley. Don't quote me on that, but this person was recommending that we need to experience awe more often. So walks in nature with, you know, wonderful views and what it does to the mind body. And, you know, I guess just what we were talking about, getting closer to, to nature and, and understanding, you know, what we see and what we put in our, our bodies. And, you know, of course, the, the disclaimer, like in the, the medical adverts, always consult your medical professional. You know, there's always this kind of, we, we, we have to... Uh, take the, the correct advice and do what's good for us. But there does seem to be more of this focus now as time goes on, especially after we've all been, you know, we've experienced a global pandemic and been, you know, inside a lot and just reconnecting with what's what's around us seems to be very important. And I, you know, I managed to go to the, the Chelsea Flower Show in London this year, which of course almost didn't happen because of the, the pandemic. So it happened in, in the autumn, in the fall, instead of in spring. But a lot of the the displays were about, you know, the healing power of plants and posing questions like, you know, what if we're missing out on, you know, amazing answers to, to problems or health problems because we've dismissed or not explored some some area of you know research into plants or what if there's some answer 
in indigenous medicine that we don't know about, you know, because we we kind of go about our days with our sort of filtered lens of the, of the the world, and it's one of these things that it's another rabbit hole to dive down because it's so fascinating, you know. If you're interested in exploring Sabina's work in more detail, check out her website at catalysthealing.org. There are some introductory books on fascia available. If you'd like to dig deeper into this fascinating, or should I dare to say fascinating, world, we found Moving Stretch by stretching trainer and acupuncturist Susanna Wilde and Free Your Fascia by chiropractic doctor Daniel Fenster. Sabina has created her very own fascial wellness recipe, which she's kindly allowed us to share on the Connected Singer Facebook group. It should be said, though, that the information shared by Sabina is for educational purposes only, and it's not a substitute for professional medical advice. So, if you are seeking medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, consult a relevant healthcare professional, such as your GP, chiropractor or osteopath. Sabina's exercises are very gentle and, if done correctly, should not cause any discomfort. But we can't see what you're doing through the airwaves, so we can't be liable for any risks or issues associated with these exercises. You could always contact Sabina herself through her site for some detailed guidance. Yes, she certainly has a wealth of knowledge and experience. So let's drop straight back into the conversation where we actually get the chance to try out these exercises with her expert guidance. Yeah, if, if Sabine, if you've, you've worked with some uh, singers, were there a couple of singers that had similar problems or issues or were they very different issues? So I love to, um, to get to do the education piece with people because of course, mostly the singers come in because they're massage therapists and they want the relaxation, right? Maybe they have a big performance coming up or maybe they've noticed when they're singing, they're really tight. And so they want the muscular relaxation, which is great. And I do that for them. And while they're in there, I'm like, okay, and, <laughs> you know, we can open up all the soft tissue. We can open up your throat. We can open up your palate bones. We can open up your skull. We can open, you know, release your tongue and all of these pieces so that it's ease and grace for you, you know, more ease and grace for you as you're singing. So, you know, they have mostly come in for that, like, I need, I need to get relaxed. And then, and then if they're up for it, then we just work on a lot of, um, a lot of issues for this that are directly open and affect the singing. And is, and then are you working on different parts of the body? Because as you said, everything's connected. Do you know instantly if you, if you, uh, aware of where there may be some tightness or some constriction? Are you then aware straight away which part of the body you need to work on? Or would you need to examine with your hands and analyze areas? <laughs> yeah, no, good question. It's it's really different for most people. Most people, it takes me, um, people will come in and they'll give me a list, list of symptoms, which is great because it gives me a jumping off yeah. point to start working with. But usually as soon as I touch their hands, like even if the list of symptoms in the back of my mind, if that's not what's going on, then I just work on what is going on. Um, you know, and it, it can be quite, quite unusual. Like, um, you know, I've had some people who had um, sort of extraordinary pain in their low back um, or different parts of their body. And actually what I had to do was fix their ankle because their ankle joints were off, which threw off their knee, which was throwing off their hips. 
So um, for instance, they might've been getting a fair, like balancing in their joints, going to a chiropractor and it wasn't ultimately creating a, um, for their particular issue in that particular moment, the chiropractic wasn't doing anything. So we work on their, their ankle, their feet and, you know, they get off the table and now their back doesn't hurt. So sometimes it's, you know, really direct, like, uh, low back pain is coming from the low back. And sometimes it's really somewhere else altogether. And my hands are what I use to, to determine that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And And intuition. And intuition as well. Yeah. Well, I think, so my theory about intuition is that we pick up tons and tons and tons of information without, um, uh, uh, ever registering it. And I think what happened after I got, after I got trained in integrative manual therapy is I basically changed the channel on what information was coming through. So I'll look at somebody and somebody will come in the office and I'll say, what's wrong with your ankle or what's wrong with your shoulder? You know, before they've even had a chance to talk to me. And I believe it'll just be some little like thing that pops up in my head. And, and I, I believe that it's because I've been watching bodies for so long that even if something is just fractionally off, it registers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, visual is also how I'll, I'll use that. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, here's a weird one. I don't know if this directly relates to um, singers, but people will come in and when I will be, I hadn't, I had an injury, which basically I didn't know this at the time, but when I got pushed out and when I got kind of sucked in and the average person wouldn't have looked at me and known that, but I was having eye problems that were coming from that. And that's actually what drew me into this work in the first place. Um, so they had to decompress my spine and open up my head and work on my eye sockets, which sounds terrible, but it's very, very <laughs> gentle. Very gentle. It's like very soft. People, I'm always, I was like, I am working. I'm not sleeping while I'm touching you. <laughs> this is actual happening. Um, but yeah, so when clients come in and I'll find that, that disparate eye, like one eye will be pushed out a little bit further. And again, most people aren't going to notice it, but it's my training. Yeah. So I will decompress the the skull and the spinal column so that the internal pressure inside the head balances out. And I haven't done that for any um, singers in particular. However, I can only imagine that that would affect yeah. everything. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well spe- speaking of of which now I think we've we've touched on these exercises now I'm too curious now I have to see <laughs> yeah. can we can we try something yeah. it would be fantastic yes. yes yes absolutely okay so just to get a little anatomy first we have this beautiful hyoid bone I know most people are listening so I'm going to be trying to be good with my words <laughs> this beautiful little hyoid bone which is a quirky bone because it's a quirky bone in that it's not connected to other bones like most bones are connected to bones this beautiful little hyoid bone is just like hanging out in the throat. <laughs> it's very useful. It's not accidental, but it is just like a little sling um, that that if you make a C shape with your thumb and your ring finger mm-hmm. of either hand and you put it at the base of your throat where your throat becomes your chin. So you're touching both the underside of your chin and your neck. You're basically going to be surrounding your hyoid bone. Mm-hmm. And our hyoid bones are connected both to, you know, the, the lingual, everything that works your tongue and also down everything that is connected to your, um, below it in the throat, you know, all the muscles that you use to do all kinds of things in your throat. So you just very, very gently and softly, you're not putting any pressure. You're just touching that part of your body right in there. 
And what you want to do is put on three directions of movement, three directions of, uh, it's almost like, it's so soft. It's like, we, we say that it's, it's like five grams of pressure, which in the States is like the weight of a nickel. Uh, but you guys don't use that. <laughs> So it's a five grams. It's very, very little pressure. It's almost like you're just using your imagination to create these three directions of movement that we're going to do. So the first and easiest is you just sort of imagine lifting up and then imagine dropping your hand down. And one of those is going to feel a little bit easier than the other. So either lifting up into your throat is going to feel easier or dropping down is going to feel a little easier. For me, in this case, it's lifting up. So I'm just going to lift up the tiniest bit with the pressure of my th- that seat. Now I'm going to rotate it like my hand is on a record, right? And rotating to the left and rotating to the right. So I've lifted up and now I'm finding that when I rotate to the left, it's a little easier than when I rotate to the right. And I'm lifting up and I'm rotating. And now we'll put on the third direction. We always use three directions when we're working with fascia. So you can do it, imagine like uh, your hands are a seesaw, like your finger and thumb are a seesaw and you lift your thumb up a little and then you bring it and your finger down and then you bring your finger up and your thumb down. One of those directions is going to be easier. Right. So can you feel that as we're doing it? Yeah. Yeah. So you can even, um, so the pressure is very soft. Your fingers are wide open and you just hold that and you want to hold that for a couple of minutes and you'll start feeling like when I do this hold a lot of times I'll start feeling it in the base of my tongue and up through the top of my mouth and then it'll start going down my throat so for me that's how the sensations go and if you feel it or you don't feel it it depends a lot on your own um, sensitivity and the more you do this the more you'll really feel the sensations for some people if they're not feeling them at the beginning. So what sensations would I feel? Um, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> it can be anything. Uh, um, for some people, it's like little sparks of feelings. They feel like electricity. For some people, it's like a sense of opening and expanding. But again, you want to have a really wide open, see? Yeah, and really, really soft. So you're not really pushing. You're uh, just you're just touching. Yeah. yeah. And the softer, this is very not intuitive. The softer your pressure is, the less movement you use on those three directions, the more changes you're going to get. Because our fascia is there to protect us. So when we use pressure, the fascia is like, oh, I need to protect and it stops. When we're really soft with it and we hold it in these three directions that it's just a little bit easier to go in the body's like, oh, okay, we can unwind. Like it's safe. We can unwind this tissue. Yeah. So you're doing this very soft. Um, so for myself, when I feel it, it almost feels like a temperature difference in different places. Like the, the top of my mouth will start feeling warm. Um, my throat will start feeling like a little buzz in it. And for some people, it just feels like open, like a sense of more space. And you do it, you have to hold it for a little while because the body, the fascia just takes time to unwind. Yeah. It's not an instant process. It's like, oh, okay, we can go. And the interesting thing is the longer you hold those, you know, let's say it was a, a tiny bit up, and you may, I mean, a tiny bit, just a fraction up, a 
fraction to the side and a fraction of a twist, just the tiniest movements. And you hold that, you're, it'll just, the longer you hold it, the more it'll unwind. Actually, like if I was just going to do this, um, I, would, I would do it in the evening. Like I would prop my arm up when I was going, right before I was going to bed, like so that my hand was really comfortable. So I didn't shift my hand because you don't want to shift your hand from that position. And then I would just get very relaxed and I would focus all of my attention in on the sensations of that, of my hand touching the, the this place where the chin and the throat. Well, I feel it actually is in my head, tingly, mm-hmm. like tingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what that will do is that will open up the whole, that can open up the whole from underneath the chin all the way down to your collarbones. Um, it can also wrap around the back, which is probably why you're feeling a release yeah. up, the, up your skull because of course the fascia goes up that way. So you'll feel it where the fascia is unwinding the most. So in your case, it might be that you have tension, you store tension in your forehead. And so as it unwinds and unwinds and unwinds, it'll start releasing in here. Wow. Um, I'll also feel a, um, a coolness in my inner ears when I do that. Particular. I was just going to say I can feel my ears and I thought I was going mad. <laughs> no. no. I can't. And for singers, how important is that? Yeah. You know, you must have those open ears. What's really weird is I'm moving my neck now and it feels, it feels just feels like it's on the right rails of the track. <laughs> you know, when, it's, you know, when if you've got, I don't know, like in a microwave, yeah, you've got like, you have a, a glass plate that sits on these wheels and it's like, I mean, okay, there's resistance there, but if you were to move that and move it round, it would just go around smoothly. Whereas if it doesn't sit on there properly, it's kind of wobbling a little bit and that's how it feels. It feels like it's just... Yeah, on the rails are moving. So, um, yeah. how does it feel well, for you, Michael? I think that's. I, I I think I can get what you mean because when you were talking about it, I was thinking of you know one of those lazy Susan things. Yeah. That you use to to share food around a yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, the way that they sort of rotate round. I had that sense. I, I the the knock on effects for me were more connected to feeling my tongue and then up towards my ears, which was quite interesting because I, I guess it demonstrates the, the way that all of this fascia is all intertwined and, and connecting and, you know, hardening and softening in different places. So it's pretty fascinating to think that you can just hang out here for, two, you know, two minutes and you'll feel something elsewhere. It's so cool, right? Yeah. I just felt something go up at the back of my tongue as well. That was interesting. That was ace. Wow. Yeah, thank oh, you. That was <laughs> yeah, I'll have people, I'll work on somebody's shoulder and they'll be like, oh, I feel it in my knee. Because that fascia, like you were saying, Michael, it really goes, and it's so unique for each person. Yeah. It's never going to be the same, exactly the same for any two people. Because we've just lived differently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, cool. I'm going to be doing that every single evening. That's my my night ritual. <laughs> awesome. And the longer you, you practice it, the less you'll need to do it because some of that is um, very old and you won't rebuild it. And some of it is daily stresses and you will. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. All right. You guys are great demonstrators. <laughs> <laughs> the Connected Singer. 
The second exercise Sabina is going to share with us is absolutely brilliant, but a little bit more difficult to follow with audio only. Therefore, as we didn't want you to miss out and wanted you to get the most out of the exercise, we've posted a short clip of us all demonstrating the Facebook group, funny faces included. <laughs> so please join us there for more detailed guidance and the link can be found in the episode's info below. And I'd love to know if you also heard a difference in my voice after the exercise, or even one in your own. So feel free to post a comment, as we'd love to hear from you. The Connected Signal. Um, okay, so the next one, which I decided to, to get into a little bit because we're all, so many of us are still wearing masks. And what I've noticed is that uh, for myself and my clients, we're all just clenching like crazy when we wear masks. It's an accidental thing, right? But we don't open our uh, mouths the, the same way because we're afraid to like pop out of mask, our, yeah. you know, so consciously we're just like, gritting yeah. <laughs> our teeth and clenching our throats and everything. So the next one I thought would be really nice to do is it's, it's very similar. The technique is very similar, but the hand placement is a little different and you're going to use both of your hands instead of just one hand. Yep. Um, and so you're going to want to put the um, palms of your hands together kind of, uh, below your chin. So just so that open your mouth, open and close your mouth so that you can find the, the jaw and you want to be on the jaw, not the joint of the jaw. So just below the joint. So when you open and close your mouth, you'll feel like those muscles working and you just want to be kind of a little bit below the, the, um, let's see. Yeah. A little below, like right kind of at your lobe level for me, everybody's earlobes are a little different, but yeah. So just on the bone. And the reason you want to be just on the bone is that you actually want to release the joint. And so it's nice to be below the joint when you're doing this particular technique. And so you can let the rest of your fingers sort of settle in a comfortable place along the bone itself. Mm. You know, our, our jaw is this gorgeous and interesting horseshoe shape. And then it's like empty in here, which, which I think, side note, is hilarious. If you push underneath your chin, you can feel it under your tongue. I think there's something about that that cracks me up. But <laughs> So you put your fingers just gently along the base of your jaw and you're going to do those three movements again, right? So the first one that I'd love for you guys to try is to just using both hands simultaneously. And again, it's almost like you're imagining using the pressure rather than actually using pressure. Imagine that you're rotating your jaw as though you're um, unscrewing a jar. Rotate both fingers one way and then rotate both fingers the other way, right? And one of those ways is just going to be a tiniest bit easier. And if you can't tell which direction is easier, pretend that you can. <laughs> just pretend that you can because eventually you will. And if you pretend that you can and you pretend that you're right, you will get it. It's like a weird magic. <laughs> um, so yeah, rotate like you're unscrewing a jar one way and then the other way and go into the way that was easier. So you hold that one. And then you're just going to gently tip your chin up. Imagine like you're tipping the tip of your chin up and pulling your jaw joint down and then do the other direction, pushing your jaw joint up and pulling your chin down. But just the, like, just imagine that you're using that pressure. And one of those pressures is going to be easier. So then hold that second. So now you've rotated in one way and you've tipped in one way. And then just imagine sliding both sides of the jaw to the left and then both sides of the jaw simultaneously to the right. And one of those directions is going to be a little e-fascial hold. And then you just hang out there. So 
until you start feeling that system unwind and soften. And that's going to unwind not only the fascia in your face, but also very specifically those jaw joints. So you will actually get a little better. You'll well, I'll ask you at the end what you guys feel because I don't want to put it into your brain first. Yeah, and this is another one that you hold for one to two minutes. And again, you can do it at night. I would recommend propping your arms because I find that if I try to hold this for too long, my arms start getting tired. <laughs> but that'll give yourself space. How does that feel, Michael? Yeah, I think I, I, I drifted off for a while there. It was very, <laughs> it was quite relaxing. But yeah, I can... I feel this sense of loosening, you know, and the, the jaw can, feels like it wants to release more, but also both ways, do you know what I mean? It's sort of not just this feeling of the jaw dropping, but of the, you know, this area can lift up as well as down. Do you know what I feel? Well, actually, first of all, my voice has changed. <laughs> Well, it feels like my voice has changed a little bit. Maybe well, it feels freer. But what I did notice, funnily enough, is a little bit of pressure at the back of the, the top of my, so the back of my neck, the top of my spine, which was interesting. And I thought, oh, is it because of my, is it because of my uh, posture? Have I changed the posture? We've been sitting like this for a while, but it feels like I have a little bit of pressure there. Is that possible? Mm. It could be unwinding, like that. You could have a um, a fascial sort of sling from the back of your neck going around to the front of your face, yeah. and you could be feeling that that change. Yeah, there. that was. But I do feel definitely that my voice I feel like my uh, it feels a lot freer. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's what. Woo! <laughs> I will be listening back That's to that awesome. to see if there's any difference. <laughs> but it feels. It definitely feels free. It feels like my voice is in a different position. So, I mean, I do hold a lot of tension in my jaw. I do know that. That's something that I've had to deal with in the past. So, um, yeah. Wow. Cool. That's another one I'm going to be doing every night <laughs> or every morning. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, especially if you're having to go out and wear a mask yeah. for any yeah. time. It's really good to do that yeah. release. Absolutely. Wow. Thank Yay. you, Sabina. That's so cool. <laughs> And I, I suppose this is the, the, the very, you know, it's of course so gentle in a sense, mm. because as you say, you're putting very little pressure on it, which is counterintuitive, isn't it? Because we usually think that if we're having a, you know, some sort of massage, it should, should hurt because we're getting all the stuff, the knots out and we have to really go for it and dig in. And with this, actually, the... That's not, it's the opposite of the goal, in a sense. Yeah. You're just sort of hanging out and, and seeing what what happens. And, and when you frame it in this idea of the, the fascia that you were talking about, it makes total sense because, you know, as you say, you, you, you don't want to put it under pressure because it will just seize up and protect. Yeah. You're trying to just let it do its thing. When I started my massage work, that I was queen of deep massage. You know, I just got in there, and I if I didn't if I got a massage and I didn't feel bruised the next day, it was like not enough. You know, and then I started working with professional musicians, and 
I couldn't get them past. I could get them to a certain place, but I could never get them back. So, you know, eight hours a day of practicing, they came in with the same issues every time. And I just thought there has to be a way to get deeper into healing. And that's when I found this work. And I thought, oh, so now the people who have come up and said, look, I didn't have to have this surgery because of the work that you yeah. did. It's all this light work. It's, it's just it's more effective and hard to express because as you said, Michael, we're all entrained to believe that like, if it's not deep, it's not, it's not happening, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like to feel the pain coming. You know? <laughs> I need to feel that pain release. Reminds me a little bit of, um, do you know the work of Feldenkrais? It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's slightly different, but similar in the fact that they're doing very sim- small movements. But just as you were talking about only take the easiest movement, so the, the, uh, the direction that was the easiest to you, take that rather than the one that isn't. Um, and they're, they're mm-hmm. kind of moving, moving parts of the body, but they're not pushing anything. They feel the resistance and then they, they wait until the resistance releases. And if it's not going to release, then, you know, you have to wait maybe work on another part of the body. So that's, uh, it's very similar, but, but different. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, that's, that was beautifully put. I think actually both of you phrased that really well about the gentleness because yeah, it, the ease of movement is what creates the release because your body feels safe. Yeah. Like our body's much smarter than our brains yeah. are in terms of keeping us healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have not caught up. No. So, right. <laughs> So trusting our bodies. And in my case, I trust other people's bodies. Like people get on the table and they'll have said what's going on, but I just trust what their body shows me yeah. beyond what I'm thinking. Like sometimes I'll come up with a little plan in my head before we go into the room to start working and I'll just chuck the plan out if that's not what the body has yeah. is talking about, is showing yeah. me. Yeah, and, and it is that gentle softness, like that treating ourselves um, with an incredible amount of respect and kindness, yeah. you know, yeah. really is, is key. And our bodies know when we're behaving that way towards us, you know, in some ways, our bodies are that brilliant animal instincts of sur- not just surviving, but really thriving. Yeah. Like we don't feel pain until a lot of things have gone wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. unless it's like, you know, a burn or something, but in terms of dysfunction inside of our bodies, our bodies are, have these brilliant long-term sort of systems of keeping things okay for us. Um, and then when you do feel something, it's just because the dominoes have finally been toppled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, wow. amazing. <laughs> Learned so much uh, this session. I mean, wow, it's fascinating. So when are you coming over to the UK to do some workshops? <laughs> yeah. The second I can. <laughs> All right, well, we'll plan it. We'll get something yeah. going. I love working on people. It makes me so happy to have people be like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Sabine. It's been such a pleasure to have a chat to you. Um, we've had loads of fun. We've, it's been great to actually uh, try out a couple of tools. And I think the listeners will really, um, really uh, appreciate that. But yeah, we've got links to your um your your site so if there's anything else that you want to uh, to give us or we hear about you coming to the uk or anything like that we'll keep connected and make sure that people know so thank you <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much thank you that was great the connected signal finally on one of my many tangents 
I mentioned healing sounds. There are a number of people researching and writing about sound and vibrational medicine. Jonathan Goldman from HealingSounds.com is a leading authority on this type of practice. If this topic resonates with you, sorry, I couldn't resist, you can also check out places like the British Academy of Sound Therapy. Its founder, Liz Cooper, has created free playlists on streaming sites of what's known as consciously designed music, which has been created to give a sense of calm and well-being to listeners. Check it out and see whether it brings you some good vibrations. Thanks to all of you out there for listening to our podcast today. All information relating to our podcast and guests can be found on our Facebook page, The Connected Singer. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If you have enjoyed this episode's podcast, we would really appreciate your support by subscribing and helping us to continue in creating a connected community of listeners and specialists connected to the field of singing and beyond. Take care of yourselves and each other and see you next time. Keep singing.